You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Imani, and I am one of the leaders here at Spindle City Vineyard. I'm so happy to see so many different faces and people here today. Thank you for coming and joining us. Um, My normal intro is this. I love Jesus, and he loves me. And that's it. That's my intro. Um, We've had, the Lord has been working like crazy. And uh, I just want to, I don't know, I just want to speak where he's already been speaking. So um, let's pray. I was going to pray after this, but I'll pray now. Holy Spirit, you are here. And we humble ourselves before you, knowing that you are working and that you want to meet with us. So we settle our spirits and any distractions or barriers or anything or walls that we might have up, we ask by your power, Holy Spirit, break those things. Give us eyes to see you. Give us hearts to see you. And may your character and your love and your grace and everything that you are be so apparent to us today. May we love you and may we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So normally I would ask, you know, you guys to, to share with each other What did you learn from last week's message? But most of the people that I see here, I know for a fact, were not here last week. So we're not going to do that. I want to play a little game with everybody, which is why I wanted the youths in here, because I think they're going to actually really appreciate this. Um, What I want, and I'm going to illustrate a point, but basically I'm going to read off some lyrics out of context. And I want you, if you know the song, If you know the history, if you know the context of the song, I want you to raise your hand. Very simple. It's called Guess That Context. Woo! All right. I know. Coming to a a show or television station near you. Okay. So I will, for an example, I'll just read off. So uh, Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece is white as snow. Do you guys know that? Raise your hands. All right, okay, so that was just practice. Okay, so here's one lyric. I'd like to add his initial to my monogram. Tell me, where is the shepherd for this lost lamb? Does anyone know that? I'd like to add his initial to my monogram. No? No, okay, all right. Stumped you on that one, okay. All right, next one. Oh, that, well, I'll tell you after, I'll tell you after. Okay. You just slip out the back jack, make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Well, hop off the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Who knows the context of that song? 
Who knows the song? Who knows the history of the song? You guys can raise your hands. I know most, I'm looking at my mother too, because I know this song because of her. So, okay. It is 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon. Good song. The first one was um, Somebody to Watch Over Me, by the way. It's a lyric from there. Um, all right. Next one. I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet ain't got no rhythm. Though it's easy to pretend, I know you're not a fool. <laughs> Connie's singing it. Who knows the song? That one is Careless Whisper by George Michael. Oh, is it Wham? Oh, I'm, see? People be knowing that I don't be knowing. People be knowing. People be knowing. All right, all right, next one. I'm going to try not to sing it the way that I want to. Jen is going to appreciate this one. B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the D-E-A, federal agents mad because I'm flagrant, tap my cell and the phone in the basement. Who knows that? <laughs> Don't be ashamed, it's fine. It's, I've set it apart, it's holy. You guys can raise your hand. You're going to have to pretend like you don't know the notorious B-I-G. It's okay. Okay, and last one, I think the youth will appreciate this. Why men great till they got to be great? Don't text me, tell it straight to my face. Best friend sat me down in the salon chair. Shampoo press, get you out of my hair. Who knows that? <laughs> you like that one. So that one was Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Okay. The reason that I said that is because every time I come up here, I always say, please read this Bible. However, sometimes when we read this, it's like taking a random lyric out of context and trying to understand it. But if you know the history, if you know the context, if you know the culture of what's going on, you're going to better understand the situation. So my mother knows Paul Simon. I didn't know it. There was one time that she said that, get off the jack stack, Koi Roy. And I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? But she knew it because she was, she's in that culture. She knows the history of the song. She knows the context. I know B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A because that, I grew up with that. But the things in this book were for a specific period and a specific time. And yes, it is Relevant today, 1,000%, but it's also so important that you know the history, the background, the context, so that way you're not just going in blind and being like, ah, I hope I understand what this is saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. Thank you for playing Guess That Context. Thank you. All right. So we are in Jeremiah, and we've been in Jeremiah the past couple of weeks, which has been awesome. Um, Perla shared really the heart of Jeremiah and the heart of God. And Brittany shared the heart of God last week, which was awesome. And I get the last six chapters. Well, it's really, yeah, there's actually 52 chapters, but we're only going to go through 51, just so you know. Um, but we, I get to share about the judgment of the nations because I got all the fun. So <laughs> because we're at the end of the book, um, I know I always talk about movies when I'm, when I'm up here, but did you have a question? Yeah, you have a question. Yeah. You know, no disrespect, man. Listen, some of these songs, even though you take George Michael's and 
think the artist has changed. I mean, it's hard to believe it's just that person. I think it was sung by other people. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's been it's been sung by other people. Right. Yes, they have been been redone, especially like when you're doing rap songs. A lot of rap songs have been redone too. But the point of the matter is just we wanted to take the lyrics out of context. But no, you're totally right. You're totally right. <laughs> oh no, no, you're fine. Listen. All, as long as you understand it, that's all that matters. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, we're starting at the end of Jeremiah, which um, I like. I tend to like movies that like show the end of the story and then like lead up to how the end, like how we got to the end. Um, Quentin Tarantino is all very notorious for doing something like this, but there's other people who like they show the end of the story and they're like, oh my goodness, how did this? How did we get here? And then boom, 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 it goes three years before, two years before, one year, and then it goes there. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do that today. So we're going to start with the judgment of the nations. This is the very end of Jeremiah. And then I want to bring us through the history of how we got here. Okay? Yous, are you here? Oh, yeah, they're really here. They list, everyone did not look up when I said, hello, Yous, Malika, Jew. Everybody here? Cool. All right. I'm going to call you out if I'm not seeing you paying attention. Okay, so we have the judgment for the nations. Welcome. Um, if we have the next slide, these are the nations that were being judged. And as you can see, there's about 10 of them. And God basically lays out the reasons behind why they're getting judged. So if you would click the next slide, um, these nations were known for military fame. They're known for national pride and arrogance. They're, they have heavy, heavy idol worship and idolatry. They're oppressive to the vulnerable they're, and the marginalized. There's child sacrifices and there's shedding of innocent blood. It's really just like terrible. When we look at it, we're like, if you look at it, it's like there's false security, there's worthless gods, there's religious and political power. They have all this trust in everything but God. And if we're looking at it, we're like, oh yeah, they totally deserve to be judged. They deserve to be destroyed. It's totally fine, like whatever. But again, how did we get here? And why did we get here? So let's start from the beginning. Um, God created the heavens and the earth. We know, which is great. And he created humanity to be in relationship with him. But sin breaks in and it breaks this relationship between God and man. And when I say man, I do mean mankind. So between God and mankind and between mankind and mankind. So ever since then, God has this main goal of restoring all humanity back to a healthy relationship with him and a healthy relationship with each other. However, we have this weird attachment to sin because as soon as it breaks in, it just attaches itself to us and it ha it's toxic and it's unhealthy and it's just gross. And God is, everything he does is trying to just dis like disassociate us from sin so again, we can be restored to a healthy relationship with him and a healthy relationship with each other. So he says, let me, let me take these people, I'm going to take Israel, and they're going to be my people, and I'm going to kind of experiment and see like, okay, like how am I going to, dis how am I going to detach sin from these people and thereby restore relationship with humanity and restore relationship with humanity and humanity. So Israel they end up getting captive. And a lot of times in the Old Testament, outward things 
kind of represent the inward things that are happening. So Israel is taken into is taken into slavery, they're being held captive, they're oppressed, and this is really like the captivity and oppression and just, ugh, it's just, the, it's a consequence, not of necessarily things that they did, but it's a consequence of sin. These things just come out because of sin, but it's also just stuff that was, like, it represents something internal that he wanted to do and, and change. So he rescues them from captivity, and he rescues them from this, like, toxic, oppressive culture, and he says, listen, I'm taking you out so that way I'm going to give you a new life, and I want you to be a new nation of generosity. I want you to be a new nation of justice. I want you to be a new nation who shows the world who I am because, again, I want that main goal of being in relationship with you guys and you guys being in good relationship with each other. So he says, do you guys want this deal? Because if, if I bring you into this new land, if I bring you into this new life, the only way it's going to work is if you detach yourself from sin, you detach yourself from this oppressiveness, and obey and listen to me. And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And as soon as they say yeah, they literally do the opposite of what God has asked them to do. Classic. And this back and forth relationship has been going on and on for just centuries. God says, hey, listen to me live a good life, be in this good land. And Israel's like, we're not going to do that. We're just going to do what we want. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. So by the time Jeremiah comes on the scene, God has sent all these different, they're, they're called prophets. So basically these prophets are people that hear from the Lord and they say, God is warning you, if you don't get your act together, you're not going to be able to stay in this new life. And every time they send a prophet, they don't listen they go back to the captivity, God rescues them again, and it's just, again, it's this vicious cycle. So Jeremiah gets on the scene, and he says, okay. He says, God has been telling you constantly, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to me, and you guys are not listening. And God spells it out, and it's like, um, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways, basically. You can't, you can't live this new life of freedom. You can't live this new life out of captivity. You can't live this new life of generosity and justice if you're going to practice things that are not just, that are not generous, that are not love, that are not trusting in me. Like, you just can't have it both ways. And before I get into kind of the, the unhealthiness where Israel was, I want to ask that question. Are there things in our lives where we really think we can have it both ways? Can we really have it both ways? Can I lose 30 pounds and eat McDonald's every day? I wish. Can I really be sober if I'm hanging out at the bar with those people that I know I shouldn't be hanging out with? Can I really walk in freedom if I keep just putting on sinful stuff? Because the fact of the matter is, is that God knows that these unhealthy attachments, these unhealthy things, 
that he's calling us to stop doing, he knows that we can't have it both ways and he would rather be, ha have us be healthy, rather have us be in freedom as opposed to continuing on in the oppressions and the captivity that sin brings. So, with that being said, we're going to read a little bit out of the scriptures because that's important. And God basically goes to Israel with Jeremiah and he lays out, he lays, he lays it out pretty thick. He says, hold on, I got to get to my, I should just open my Bible. <laughs> I'm telling you guys to use it and I'm not really using it. Okay. Um, so Israel is attached to all these sinful things and he uses Jeremiah and he says, I need you to tell, come tell my people if they don't, if they don't dis disassociate from these sinful things, then they're going to have to go. So this is what it's reading. Jeremiah 7. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Even now, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. Don't be fooled by those who promise you safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. They chant, the, they chant, the Lord's temple is here, the Lord's temple is here, but I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, orphans, and widows. Only if you stop your murdering and if you stop harming yourselves by worshiping idols. Then I will let you stay in this land that I gave your ancestors forever. Don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It's a lie. Do you think that you can steal and murder and commit adultery and lie and burn incense to Baal and all those other new gods of yours and then come here and stand before me in my temple and chant, we're safe, only to go right back to doing those evil things again? If we jump down to 32, it says, the people of Judah have sinned before my very eyes. They have set abominable idols right in the temple that bears my name. They built pagan shrines, and there they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. This is not figurative. They are literally burning their sons and daughters in the fire. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never crossed my mind to even command such a thing. Take your burnt offerings and sacrifices and eat them. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted for them. This is what I told them. Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Do everything as I say, and all will be well. But my people would not listen to me. And they kept doing whatever they wanted, following stubborn desires of their hearts, and they went backward instead of forward. From that day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I continue to send my servants day in and day out, but my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear. They have been stubborn and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. Whew. That is a lot to unpack, and I only have a little bit of time. So I just want to point out some of these unhealthy attachments that Israel had. They had temple pride because they just thought, oh, the temple is here. God's not going to do anything. It's fine. The temple is here. Oh, I go to church. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. It's cool. They had heavy idol worship and idolatry. They had oppressive, they were oppressive to the vulnerable and the marginalized. And they did child sacrifices. 
just like who did we see at the beginning? The nations. They look almost similar. If you go to the next, if you, can, Joe, can you just kind of go back and forth? Do you see? It's literally the same. This is the same. There's like two words difference. They are literally practicing the same things. And God is like, listen, you guys, I've chosen you for a new life. Why do you look like the nations? You're supposed to look like me. And you're not only that, but you're supposed to be affecting the nation so they can see who I am, but rather you're getting infected by the nations and looking like them. And he's constantly saying like, hello, like, I just need you. I need you to just listen to me. I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to, like, to go crazy. I'm not asking you to, you know, force people or whatever. I'm just asking you to listen to me. I'm not asking you to put out legislation. I'm asking you to listen to me. Oh, did I say something? Whoops. Did that slip? Sorry. <laughs> You're supposed to love me and trust me as your only God. But rather, you are loving and trusting the world and allowing the world to, to infect you. And now it's infecting the nations. So Israel just keeps kind of doing what they're doing and, and disrespecting God, disrespecting the temple. And then finally, God is like, all right, it's very clear that this life, this new life of freedom, it seems like you don't want it. So in Jeremiah 25, he says, and this is Jeremiah talking, for the past 23 years, I have faithfully, I have, I, until now, the Lord has been giving me his messages and I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, but you have not listened or paid attention. Each time the message was, turn from the evil road you're traveling, traveling from the evil things you're doing, and only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave you and your ancestors forever. But you would not listen, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping idols that you made with your own hands and by bringing on yourselves the disasters you suffer. And now the Lord of heaven's army says, because you have not listened to me, I will gather the armies of the north under Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I will bring them all against this land, its people, and against the surrounding nations. So we've kind of tracked, boop, 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 boop. And now we know. Because you have not listened to me, I will bring judgment upon this people, this land, and the surrounding nations. When God's people don't listen, the nations suffer. They suffer the nation suffer, humanity suffers. Because again, God has this main goal. We want, he wants to be in relationship with us and he wants us to be in better relationship with each other. But as long as we're attached to sin, as long as we're attached to these unhealthy and toxic things, as long as we're putting our trust in anything that is not God, as long as we continue doing those things, 
we can never walk in this new life and we can never walk in generosity. We can never walk in justice and we will, we will not be effective to the nations. We will not be effective to our communities. We won't be effective in our families. We have to listen to the Lord. But there's good news. Other than, you know, yeah, there is good news. In Jeremiah 29, it says, because, okay, God lays it out. He says, listen, y'all got to go. Sorry, but he does, he does put an end point to it. He says, just for 70 years, which seems like a lot to us, but when you look at the grand scheme of all the centuries, then if you look at the grand scheme of the centuries, it's like a week. It's not that long. I'll get to you right afterwards, okay? Okay. But in Jeremiah 29, it says, this is the land you will be, this, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. I will bring you home again. Now, here's a verse that we like to quote out of context. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future and a hope. Don't we love to just take that one bit without knowing the rest of the situation? Context is everything. In those days when, I, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. Yes, Israel did not listen. But God still had that main goal. He said, I, re I, I want to be in relationship with you and I want you guys to be in good relationship with each other. I want you to be healthy. I want you to detach from all this unhealthy attachments and all this gunk and all this sin and all this captivity. I don't want you to be captive. I don't want you to be oppressed anymore. But if you keep just living the same way when I'm asking you to live in a new way, I'm not going to force your hand. But I'm also like, I love you enough to not let you sit in it forever. What does this mean for us? There is hope. No, 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 no. I'm just... It's dramatic effects, guys. It's dramatic effect. What? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, after, after God brought Israel out of captivity for those 70 years, it started a catalyst for a new covenant. And that new covenant was Jesus. And Jesus dealt with the sin problem this unhealthy attachment that we just keep going, oh, 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 I just want to sin, I want to sin. God's like, you guys are terrible at not sinning, so I'm just going to take away your sin. I'm going to have to do it because y'all are bad at it, and that's fine. Okay. So he sends Jesus, and Jesus dies on the cross and takes away our sin. So we are living in a new era, which is awesome. But are we actually living like that? Or are we still living like we're in captivity and oppression and like sin has power? Mm -hmm. That's a question I want you to ask yourself. 
Because I guarantee that God has spoken to you about something. I'm not going to start naming out something because I don't want to get in trouble. And he's saying, let it go. Stop it. Listen to me because this is not healthy for you. And you are not only, not only is it not healthy for you, it's not healthy for your impact to your families, to your communities, to your nation, and to this world. Stop it. Are we listening? <laughs> you don't have to, again, rhetorical questions. Appreciate your honesty. But genuinely, because when I look out at the world today, Joe, can you throw up that, the, what, the church slide? I'm seeing some very similar unhealthy attachments that Israel had. Are we allowing the world to infect us? Are we allowing our culture to infect us? Because I'm seeing a lot of the same things that are happening in the nations in the world, happening right in the church, right in our lives. But we have hope. We don't have to put our trust. If you go to the next slide, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we don't have to put our trust in false security. We don't have to put our trust in worthless gods or, or religious and political power or in ourselves. Like, we have Jesus. He has taken away our sins. So these unhealthy attachments, whatever it is that the Lord might be saying, let it go, you can let it go. He is our hope. And what does the world need now more than anything? God, love, hope. Perfect. We got to get our house in order, yes. Because we have what it is that the world needs. And yes, you know what? God judged the nations back in the Old Testament, and rightfully so. Like, they were living pretty like a hot mess. But I just wonder if Israel would have listened how much of an impact that would have made on the nations if they actually did. And I wonder how much of an impact our church is actually having on the nations. Are we being affected by this world? Or, I'm sorry, are we affecting the world or being infected by the world? So... I think it's time to pray. Because I truly do believe that there's just a lot of stuff that the Lord wants to break off of us. And trust me, I get it. Oh, I never want to share about myself, but I guess I will. Um, when I was putting together, as I was putting together this message, I was able, I was very fortunate to go to a conference for black leaders and pastors. It was awesome. Thank you, Vineyard, etc. But, so I am very big on social justice. I'm very big on, you know, Black Lives Matter and um, poverty. Just like, I just want, I just want the, the world to see what God can do and I want God to affect the world. That's just how I am. But I've also allowed the world to kind of beat me up a little bit. And 2020 was rough, not just for me, but I'm sure for every single person in this room. 
And I slowly kind of built up walls against very important things that I knew that God was like, I need you to be effective in the nations. But I said, uh-uh, I don't want it. I'm, I don't want to get hurt. I'm scared. So I started putting my trust in just some false securities. I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, I go to church. I post on social media. It's fine. The world will be fine. But we can't entrust those things. I can only entrust God. But I was scared. And God very much, very clearly pointed out, I need you to let me heal you. Because unless I heal you of these unhealthy attachments, unless I heal you of the hurt and the pain that the world has caused, you're not going to be able to make an impact. And I need you to make an impact. And I think he's saying that to us today. A lot of us are hurt. A lot of us are scared. A lot of us don't know what's going to happen. And rather than us putting our trust in the Lord, we'll put our trust in the White House. We'll put our trust in legislation. We'll put our trust in Netflix, in that relationship, in that booze, in that drug. Those are tangible things that I, I can control. But God's saying, I need you gotta let me in. You gotta let go of that. You gotta let you gotta trust me. You gotta cling to me. So let's pray and let God work. And I just want to read, just to show the consistency of the Lord. I just want to read John 15 over us. And Dan, can you come up and play something? The Holy Spirit comes when you just show. John 15 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit fruit. You are, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in, in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you ask and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you, 
that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. We have an opportunity for our joy to be full. Holy Spirit, Father, we just ask that where there is unhealth, where there needs to be pruning, where there needs to be healing, come. Break those things off of us. Detach us from sin. Detach us from the influences of this world. God, may we trust in you. May this day be a catalyst where we chose to obey what the Father was telling us to not only impact our lives, but to impact every life, every situation that we are in, that's in the sphere of our environment and our atmosphere.